This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, Tank Girl, Miriam Joar. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joar, and today is Monday, September 25th, 2017, and my guest is the awesome Matt Swider. Hey, Matt, how's it going? It's going really well. How you doing? Good. How are things on your end uh, with, uh, with, I saw you were on TV the other day. I, well, I guess it was the stock exchange. Yeah, I was on uh, Cheddar and then I was on Sirius XM. So, uh, you do a lot the, of that, right? Yeah, I'm getting the tech radar name out there. Get the tech creator name out there. So yes, that's where you can find Matt, uh, Matt's musings and writings. And Matt, just like me as a phone person, mm-hmm. which means we're talking about phones today. Um, just so you know, there'll be a bit of background noise through the, throughout this podcast because we have plumbers in our house today fixing our plumbing. This wasn't mm-hmm. planned, but you know, sometimes you just have to roll with the flow. Mm-hmm. Literally the flow. Did you get it? No. Ah, uh, no. yes. See? Okay. See? This is the dorkiness. It's coming out. <laughs> so, um, you know, there's a couple of news items I wanted to kind of cover. And one of them is the Google HTC news. And then the other one is the uh, Moto X4 Android One Fine News. But I also know you have an iPhone 8. Actually, you have two. You have the 8 Plus as well, don't you? I do have the 8 Plus. That's, that's and, the one I bought. And so uh, I definitely want to hear your take on that. But, you know, I also would love to hear your take on kind of like the, the mid-summer or late summer, I guess. It is It is now fall, officially. The mm-hmm. late summer flagships, the V30, the Note 8, have you had a chance to play with those? Uh, yes, all, all of them, all of the above. Awesome. So, yeah, let's talk about phones and let's get started with that crazy Google news from last week. It actually happened the same day as I was recording the podcast with Vlad Savov. Hmm. But we didn't really feel like talking about it because we just had an agenda at the time. And uh, and it was pretty packed already. So what's your takeaway? What does this mean in your in your opinion? Well, with the Pixel, I felt like Google was becoming more and more like Apple. They were offering a product like Apple. They were um, just trying to appeal to those iPhone users that uh, have have been cagey about joining up with Android. And this is just another way for Google to say they, they, they've kept using this excuse that they are only a software company whenever they do something bad at hardware. Um, you know, for example, whenever you talk to them about Google Glass, they were like, well, you know, we, we're new to hardware. And they, they've been saying that for years, uh, which is which is it's a kind of thing. getting a bit old now. Right. I guess yes. it's a broken yeah. record at this point. Mm-hmm. So they are now. You know, they have a team that does hardware, uh, you know, just discounting Motorola for a little while while they were under the Google umbrella. They they now have, you know, a, a team that does hardware uh, even more so than than they have in years past. So they have no more excuses. And this Google Pixel 2 and the Google Pixel 2 XL, whatever they decide to call it, uh, will have to be even flashier, even better. And uh, hopefully it's a good sign that they have something to compete with uh, with Apple and even Samsung. Yeah, I agree with all that. Um, and we're going to talk about the, the upcoming Pixels because there's an event on October 4th, which is pretty much now all but confirmed. And, uh, you know, we're seeing some rumors of even a new Pixel laptop, which has really me really excited because I really love my Pixel Chromebook laptops. 
Um, and then, uh, you know, what is it going to be called? Is it going to be Pixel 2 and Pixel 2 XL? Or is it going to be Pixel 2 and Pixel XL 2? Right. That The naming convention is a little odd. But I, what do they, you think? I, I think it's going to be the former. Um, I think they're just going to stick the two on, on the back of it. Or they and could go Excel. with something radically new. Um, they, they could go with the Pixel 2 X or 10. Who knows? Oh, uh, my God. That would be wrong. Yeah. 2X. Oh, God. Double X. Triple well, X. You, you got to compete with Apple on that front if they're releasing something with a 10. Who knows what's going to happen? Is Samsung next year? Are they going to really release the Samsung Galaxy S9? You know, just be one one number inferior? That's, that's not like them. They usually I, like I, getting one up. It's like they opened Pandora's box with this naming convention. Apple messed with everybody, including <laughs> themselves, in my opinion. This should have been called the iPhone 7 S and 7 S Plus, mm-hmm. not the 8 and 8 Plus. What's and the third then, one, Gal? Well, Pro, of course. Oh, okay. I see it. See, to me, actually, let me rewind. I think for this year... They should have just called them iPhone 7S and 7S Plus. And then they could have called the, uh, I can understand iPhone 10 because of the X, because like OS 10 X, and it's kind of like an Apple tradition. And by calling it X, they can say, well, like 10, but, but writing it out as X, they could say, well, that's not really, you know, it's not, it's just the 10th anniversary iPhone. Yeah. And then, and then continue the numbering next year for eight. But here's what I really think they should do, and I don't understand why they didn't do right off the bat this year, is, is like you're talking about a phone that, that it should just be called the iPhone, no matter what. And then the better, newer one should be the iPhone Pro or the iPhone, I don't know, the iPhone something else. But the point is, look at the MacBook, right? You don't say, I have a MacBook 4. You say, I have a MacBook, and then if you really get in the details, you say, I have a MacBook, like mid-2011, mid right? But that's so awkward. I, I don't but know. But it doesn't matter because people don't say that. Only tech journalists say mid-2011. Right. So for the average person, why not just say, I have an iPhone? And if people ask, say, it's last year's or it's this year's or the latest, that's good enough. I don't yeah, even it, know why they need numbers. It takes too much time to say, like, oh, when would you get it? Oh, it's like four years old. Like, people don't know. They're they're unsure. But this they just... do that with every other Mac. When do you, like, you got, yeah. I have an iMac. If I tell you I have an iMac, well, it could be a, a Bondi Blue 1999 iMac. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? No, nobody questions and gets too worried about that. So why don't we do that with iPhone? It's been a decade of iPhones. I think it's time to move on. I think when they call tech support and they ask them which uh, Mac they have, they're like, I don't know. Um, but they know if they have an iPhone SE or a 5 or a 5S or a 6. So that yeah. I, I get I, it. I, it, also, it also sets up for us up for the joke because everybody keeps asking me, what about the iPhone 9? Where is that? And it just sets me up for the joke because 7, 8, 9. That's so easy. Oh, yeah. I agree. Look, the <laughs> 9 is never going to happen now for sure. But I still think that next year they should just call them iPhone, iPhone Plus, and iPhone mm-hmm. Pro or iPhone Air. You yeah. know, it's thin, it's light, it's beautiful. And, but do we, um, do we want a thinner phone? Because I, I feel like they can't call a new iPhone the iPhone Air unless it's thinner. But I don't think a lot of people want a thinner phone. I think they want more battery life. They would rather ha- sacrifice that that thinness oh i agree with you no no i don't i'm not actually literally implying that 
the iPhone Air would be thinner necessarily by much. I'm just saying that it's light and because it's entirely screen, you know, almost. I, I'm pretty sure the cutout will stick around for a while because it's a it's a great branding feature for them, right? Because mm-hmm. they're losing that kind of design that defined the front of their phone by going to this this full screen design, right? So yeah. they needed I needed something, and I think that this slit edge, whatever you want to call it, this this cutout is actually pretty pretty iconic already, and the phone hasn't even been released yet. Yeah, the uh, it's funny they don't have that they don't have that uh, home button uh, anymore. So that that iconic design feature is gone. So they replace it with another. We'll see what it, you know it, how people uh, gravitate towards it or, or not. I, I've heard a lot of people want the iPhone eight because they're either afraid of face unlock or you know face ID or um, they just they don't get it. They don't get the price, and those are the two reasons I wouldn't. Uh, shy away from the iPhone 10. I would shy away from it because it's not available. Um, that is the one reason I would go with the iPhone 8. Uh, you know, because right. if it's not going to be available until, you know, some people are saying spring 2018, uh, that is going to throw people's contracts into just this whirlwind of like, what do I do? Do I get an iPhone now or do I wait several months with a 6? Because a lot of people are upgrading from the iPhone 6. So that puts them in a predicament and those people may go for the iPhone 8 during Christmas time. Yeah, but those people are fools anyway. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sorry, but like, there is only one iPhone you should be buying this year. I'm not going to recommend the iPhone eight. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I actually, I'm, I'm, as I'm saying that, I'm realizing that I'm totally full of crap because I will recommend the iPhone eight. I recommend iPhones to everyone all the time because I think it's a phenomenal um, smartphone platform for the app, the the normal person. Yeah. Um, and as such, I should recommend the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus. I'm just saying that for our kind of audience that's listening to this podcast and us kind of people, the tech nerd, you know, silliness that we are, I, there's no way I can recommend anything but the iPhone 10 because it is finally, finally the first since arguably the iPhone 5S where Touch ID introduced a working fingerprint reader and working is the emphasis um it's the first phone where apple is truly innovating uh since then and and i would argue that before that the iphone 4 because of retina display and it's absolutely to this day i think the best design they ever did was really innovating because it basically brought jewelry into our pockets there wasn't any phone back then that could really compete in terms of fit and finish and now it's the norm. I mean, you look at Samsung, all their phones are glass on two sides and, you know, sandwich of metal in the middle, beautifully, exquisitely made. So they, they, it took that long, but they, they created something there. Um, and so to me, that's why I think the 10, the iPhone 10 is a milestone for Apple. It's finally Apple playing in the same league as its competitors, at least on the hardware front. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, it's definitely a, a step up from, you know, it's the change that we finally have been waiting for. Um, and yeah, I'm interested in seeing if people, you know, the average people gravitate towards it or if it's just... I don't think they will. I think you're right that the biggest issue for them is going to be the upgrade cycle mm-hmm. and the availability. Cost, I don't think, is as big of an issue because a lot of people buy iPhone pluses uh, fully loaded, like largest amount of storage without mm-hmm. skipping a beat. And they're $50 shy of an iPhone 10 at that point. So I think they don't care. And especially with contract and renewals, you can get some really good deals. 
sure, it's expensive, but so is the note. And honestly, there's a certain cachet to making an expensive phone. It makes it more exclusive. And I think this is a, an economic trend we're going to see. We're going to start seeing some, some really expensive high-end phones out there. It needs to happen because you can't distinguish on, on features much anymore. You can't distinguish on design much anymore. So let's dis- you know, distinguish on price. I think that's fair. I think that you're right. Um, that Note 8 is $930. So it's not too far off from what the iPhone costs, the iPhone 10. Yeah. So let's go back to the initial discussion, Google sure. and HTC. And, and the reason I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy we talked about the iPhone and we should definitely talk about it some more. I would love to hear your, your thoughts on actually using that iPhone 8 because I haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to talk about this um, in the context of this announcement. It absolutely makes perfect sense for me to that Google would acquire the Pixel division of HTC. Um, it's a pretty decent price too, $1.1 billion. I don't think that's too much. Uh, in this day and age of billions thrown around for nothing. But at the same time, it's a bit odd. It's going to be a bit awkward because the Pixel 2 XL, let's go with that naming convention, is going to be made by LG. Mm-hmm. And this announcement just happened. And only the Pixel 2 basic model, or like the, the smaller model, will be made by HTC this year. So I suppose this is more planting a seed for the future. I think from a PR perspective, I would have announced that after the Pixels were out. That's just the new ones. That's just me. Yeah, I I, I don't think it matters to that mainstream user. But um, you know what? It's, it, it all depends on the, what that phone looks like and how well it competes with everything else that's out there. Um, because you know the the leaks that we saw, we we keep seeing them go back and forth. Is it going to have uh, a lot of change to it? Is there just going to be one of them that has changes? Uh, and that is going to be, uh, you know, does it have any defining features uh, for 2017? Well, the rumors are, let's go over the rumors real quick, because we actually haven't talked about these Pixel 2 and Pixel 2 XL rumors on this podcast much. Number one, the the regular Pixel 2 will supposedly have the squeeze function from HTC we've seen on the U11. Um, and... But it's not a wide, like an ultra wide, uh, bezel-less, uh, you know, full screen front. Uh, and it, it has a single camera and no headphone jack. That's what we're hearing. The bigger one, the Pixel 2 XL, is made by LG, not HTC, does not have the squeeze feature, has a bezel-less large all front screen, uh, probably similar to the V30s. Uh, and has a single a single back camera with or without OIS, we don't know, and also no headphone jack. So the only reason I'm compelled by this phone right now from the rumors, and, and let's not make any mistakes here, I'm going to buy or get the XL because I have an XL in my pocket from the previous gen and it's the right size for me and I love it. And for me, I'm all about large screen size on a small real estate. So I love the V30 and if it's anything like that, minus, as we said, the dual camera and the headphone jack, it's going to be in the right direction. But those two are big minuses. I mean, the V30's camera is top-notch. The dual camera setup is awesome. And the headphone, especially the the quad DAC HD audio, is uh, you know unmatched uh, right now by any other device. So I'm a little but hurt that we're not going to have a headphone jack on the new pixel apparently because that's that's to me is user hostile i feel the same as nilai at the verge about this this is a major major problem in the industry and i'm really glad that lg and samsung at least are sticking with the headphone jack for the time being uh and so 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think I'm only going to want the Pixel because it's running Android O, and 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 I know it's well, my technically my Pixel's running Android O right now, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying in terms of like getting the updates and having the latest and the greatest and that that absolutely phenomenal Google experience. That's why I want a Pixel, but I'm going to be a bit annoyed with the lack of headphone jack and a bit less annoyed, but still annoyed with the the single camera. You know, I agree. Do you have a good pair of uh, AirPods or something similar? I don't use wireless headphones and earphones. I believe they don't sound good enough. Um, okay. I use, I have some. Uh, I don't use them. I will use an adapter. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's going to be life. I, I mean, there's nothing else I can do. Uh, even in the car, I tend to connect via, via aux um, because I like the sound quality better. If you have a really good car system, it still sounds better. So, mm-hmm. um, well, yeah, you, so I'm, you, you know, I'm old school. I got a lot of headphones that are, really old and sound phenomenal and earbuds that are really old and sound great some new ones that sound great they're all wired they all have a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack this thing we've had for years yeah well you are a rare one in this industry because you know what like uh so many people turn to the wireless headphones and they are are they good or um they're they're really bad so uh, i do like my airpods um and yes do you use them with android though uh, it, it works. I mean, I, I've gotten it to, to work just fine. Uh, with I'm sure it does, but is it optimal? Uh, you know what? I, I really don't notice Would that. Would you be happier with like an LG or Samsung or, you know, uh, any other big major Bluetooth brand uh, set of earbuds than the AirPods for one specific reason or feature that AirPods don't give you on Android? Uh on Android, no, like, because it doesn't have you know the W one chip for that wireless right. connectivity, all, which all I, the, I really like. All the better functionality is because of iOS, uh, exactly, and, uh, and and that that makes perfect sense. No, I get that. I'm just curious, right? Because I mean, to me, um, to me, what defines a good wireless experience is the aptX codec, especially the lossless aptX codec, and that's available on quite a few third party Bluetooth headphones these days. And quite a few Bluetooth radios on phones these days, strangely only on Android. So here's the crazy thing. OS X or Mac OS supports aptX, yet iOS does not. Hmm. So you don't get the best sound quality possible. Now, there is a lossless Apple codec that as I believe is baked into the implementation of the W1 chip, and I have no doubts that they use it. And it's probably awesome because Apple has a lot of chops with audio over the years. They've developed lots of good stuff. The problem is to me is that the AirPods are fundamentally flawed because the drivers are not good enough. Mm. So I need something of of higher quality in terms of the drivers, um, but in the same form factor with the same advantages, and then I'll be interested. Yeah, I and I'm I willing to pay. I'm willing to pay a thousand dollars for that. See, yeah, that's and it's gonna be it's gonna happen when they can make it not cost a thousand dollars because that is clearly well the yeah. AirPods are pretty expensive already, right? What two hundred bucks? Uh, a little less than two hundred, but um, you know what? The I gave or my dad has a pair for you know, got them for Christmas last year, and he said you know it, he he loves them still because uh, like, they are great. They're, yeah. they're great. You're, you're you know listening to a podcast, for example, around you know your apartment or your house, like I do, and I. Don't have to take them off if even if I'm like, oh, I need to make some dinner. So I make some dinner. But they're just the freedom that they present is great. Yes, you can have a pair of 
Bluetooth cans on, on your ears, but um, you know, they get sweaty, they're big. These are just, they just fit into your ears and they almost, you almost forget you're wearing them. So I really, you like have a pair of, of, of tick, tech radar branded ones, don't you? I do the Astro A38 headphones. They're, um, it's, it's a they're, cheat though. Yeah. You, you, they, they have tags for clans and, uh, different, you know, gaming functions like that. Um, but I put the tech radar brand on there and that has become my staple for the last I know, four years. I love it. I think you've really done a good job at branding there. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I mean, the point I'm making is that I, here's how we better served with these devices that don't have headphone jack. And there's a lot of them that are really great phones today without headphone jack. The iPhones, of course. And then there is the HTC U11, which I think is the quintessential non-headphone jack phone that I would you know, recommend to people because it is a great phone. Um, I, what I really want is a, is a high quality Bluetooth receiver about the size of a smartwatch. And there are a few of them out there that supports Aptex lossless. So that it works on Android phones, supports the Apple lossless for iPhones. Um, and, um, lets me plug any, any standard headphone into, Mm -hmm. and then I can just clip it on uh, or put it in my pocket. And uh, I don't need a headphone adapter anymore, and I get the sound quality I want, and I use the headphones I want. But what about problem the, solved? What about all the courage that it takes? You know, you won't have courage in your phone. <sighs> nah, I don't need it. I, okay. I mean, you know, I mean, it, look, I get it. A lot of people don't care, and that's cool. I'm just saying, for me, if I look as a Pixel user who likes headphones, mm-hmm. uh, a wired connection, this is a big loss to me, and that's why you know, yes, the V30. Is run is not running stock Android and is running LG skin, but with the right launcher, like you know, I don't keep my phones really long enough to worry about software updates. So maybe if you're like me and you don't you want the best sound quality and you don't want you don't worry too much about updates because you buy a new phone every six months or whatever, then maybe go get a V30 instead of the Pixel 2. Whereas last year, I couldn't say that because the Pixel, today, to to this day, the Pixel camera is still absolutely amazing. Probably the best. Yeah, I, I would agree so, with that. Ooh. So think... we'll see what happens. Like, I'm a bit worried that with the second edition of the Pixel, the camera is not going to take, uh, like, it's not going to be a huge improvement in the same way as, you know, Galaxy S7 to Galaxy S8 wasn't a huge improvement. It didn't need it, right? The same way as the iPhone 7 to the iPhone 8 is an improvement from everything I've read, but not like a mind-blowing improvement. So, like, let's talk about that. How do you feel about this iPhone 8 camera compared to a 7? Is it better? Yes, but you, especially with that, that, uh, S7 to S8 on the Samsung side, you have to really dig deep. It's the same thing here from the iPhone 7 or 7 Plus to the iPhone 8 Plus. Uh, you have to actually look at uh, the, the quality side by side and you'll say, okay, my, my photos are better. They are better looking because they said this in the keynote that the, the camera has been redesigned and also the A11 Bionic processor, uh, that chipset that they have, uh, does that thing's out. insane. It is, and you know the, the fact that it's it's basically doing multi-frame imaging, uh, just like the the Pixel does. Uh, you know, the same concept there, uh, where it's taking a picture even before you, you know, uh, it's already analyzing the picture and, and kind of setting up your shot even before you hit the shutter button. That stuff is really amazing. They don't get into the technical details in the keynote, but it, it really gets people like us to you know uh, 
really interested in these phones and saying, okay, they did redesign that camera. But a lot of people miss that stuff. And uh, I feel like there are differences in the photos. There's there's less noise, but it's going to take uh, either a trained eye to see that or a side-by-side comparison, kind of like you, you see two TVs in, in the store. Um, you really need that set up. You need to take, I, I built a little rig, you know, you, and you can fit two phones in there and take a picture side-by-side of the same thing. And uh, that's really the only way to tell uh, the differences between the two phones. It's not like I, I've been taking an iPhone one around and and uh, the original iPhone and an iPhone seven plus around to see the differences. And <laughs> I bet you that's pretty impressive, oh, right? It's so stark. I like going up to people and they're like, oh, you have the iPhone one. I'm like, yeah, you want to take a selfie? And so we start to pose for a selfie and I just hang there for a second until they realize, wait, that thing doesn't have a front facing camera because it was only on the iPhone four <laughs> that it had right. a front facing camera. So yeah. Uh, that, that's a fun little game, but, uh, it, it, you know, it makes you realize how far we've come in 10 years, um, between, between the two or, you know, the 10 years of phones. Um, so I think if you have a side, side by side comparison, you'll tell, you'll also be able to do uh, portrait lighting. So that is one difference. And that is actually better than, uh, you would think it is. Uh, it's not just, uh, lighting effects. It also darkens the background. That stuff is pretty neat. Um, and I only expect that that to get better because what Apple's doing is they're not just trying to replace the the phone in your pockets. You know, the best f- f- camera uh, that you have with you is you know the one in your pocket. They're trying to replace that DSLR that we're still lugging around. Yeah, um, of course. I mean, I, I don't know anybody who does lug around DSLR uh, <laughs> unless they're a professional or or an, an a pretty serious amateur they know how to use it mm-hmm. I, I think people stopped carrying around like there was this whole market of entry-level dslrs like the rebels that people would buy that i think that's gone now that's been gone for a few years well you know what's because replaced most it? people use their phones you know yes you know what's replaced but it because for phones me. have finally i mean I'd, I'd say in the last two years starting with the iphone 6s probably even the 6 and then the uh you know the Galaxy starting with the six, six and six and uh, S six, S seven, now S eight, um, Note five, Note the ill-fated Note seven and the Note eight. Uh, all of these have finally gotten in the Pixel and then LG on their own, and all these cameras have gotten so good that most people feel they don't even need, they, like they certainly don't need a point and shoot. They don't even need like uh, an entry level DSLR. I, actually, I've always been a big proponent of mirrorless uh, APS-C and and uh, uh, micro four thirds cameras over the entry level DSLRs myself. Right. Mm-hmm. I've always said, look, if you don't want to lug something around that's a Nikon or or Canon full DSLR with big lenses get a mirrorless camera with removable lenses or get a super high-end point-and-shoot like the RX100 series from from Sony because those are, you know, generally significantly superior to a phone. But that's really shrinking rapidly today. That's what I carry around is that Sony RX100 Mark V with the flip-out screen. uh, And you you could take your, your selfies with that and it looks so much better than any phone that's out there. As As much as we've closed the gap, from mobile devices yeah, to I mean, you and I still like notice and care. But mm-hmm. I think the average person, you know, just uh, doing their thing and, and like, you know, just needing a quick selfie are fantastically well served by that. Yeah. And I really don't think they need to lug around a Rebel or anything. Even the, I mean, the Rebels are kind of boring in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not that good, you know. Like, as I said, get a mirrorless or an RX100. You're better off at that point. Yeah, I agree um, with that. 
Now, Sony, of course, yeah. you know, there's a whole new class of camera now that is like a full frame mirrorless, like the Alpha 7, uh, mm -hmm. the A7 from Sony, which I think are redefining the portability of a full on DSLR type experience, but without the reflex part, right? They, and to me, that's that's the future. That's where we're going. They need to come out with a flip out screen on their higher end cameras. Those, like, yeah. like I, I know it sounds ridiculous, but people like to set up shots. They like to take you know pictures of themselves with groups, uh, selfies. I, I know it's for high end users, but uh, that's that's what people are taking. Even vloggers like Casey Neistat, like you know people who do that for a living. They love the Sony cameras, but you know, Canon offers that, that screen that flips out to the side and that's really necessary. The, the Sony, you know, if you really want that, they, they told me their answer to that was, well, here's the RX 100 and it does that. And it's, it's not, it's not on the same <laughs> not level, guys. The same I know. Absolutely. Right. Um, so, you know, back to this HTC Google thing for me, the takeaway is good for HTC. I think they need the influx of cash. I hope this is not the end of their phone business as an independent phone manufacturer. I hope that Google takes better use of that resource they just purchased than they did with Moto. Yes. You know, arguably, I think Moto came out of this Google phase, as I've, whatever you want to call it, uh, pretty well off, right? In the sense mm -hmm. that uh, uh, they learned a lot about making good phones with lightweight software. I mean, we have an entire generation this year of phenomenal Moto phones. And, you know, maybe we can segue into the X4 and Fi and Android One. But the point is that, it's still, they sold it, you know, and they kept the patents and it was a lot of money lost and Lenovo's got them now. And, you know, it seems to me that the transition of Fomoto in it, like a positive transition was their acquisition by Google. They they made some great phones after that. And in my opinion, their phones before that were kind of meh. Uh, and, and now they still make great phones, even though they're no, no longer part of Google. So I kind of question this little chapter. But, you know, a few years have, 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 have passed and the industry is very different than when it was, uh, you know, back, back then, right? So I think as a result, um, yeah, I think this, this is a, this could be really good for Google, definitely going to be good for Google to get HTC expertise, but it could really be good for HTC. Uh, as long as I feel like, you know, I'd be really disappointed if they lost their core phone business, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they come do out with a good Do you think flagship. that's going to happen? Do you think, do you think we're just going to be Vive and, and then, you know, then it's going to be Google's HTC partnership and we're never going to see a U11 again? They come out with a, a good flagship or or two, a variant of that uh, every year. Uh, it, it's a question of are they going to sell enough to to recoup from their their spending costs? And uh, with so many players in the field, I, I think it's going to be really difficult for them. You have companies like ZTE and Huawei uh, and, and a bunch of other Chinese companies. OnePlus is another example that are are kind of marketing better than they are. And uh, I I saw a, a bunch of Honor phones uh, this past Christmas. People were buying the Honor 8, uh, that reflective blue phone that was kind of uh, stylish and in, um, more so than, you know, other, you know, any HTC phone that I saw. So they're going to have, uh, you know, problems competing on, on the top end and those, you know, mid-range but very comparable specs, Chinese phones. Uh, you know, on the lower end. So they get caught somewhere in the middle. I don't know if they can survive that. Uh, so doing something new like VR might be their best bet to survival and selling off their, their phone assets to Google is, is a wise decision right there. 
It's true, but it's a sad chapter, right? It's like when Nokia stopped making phones, right? Got a micro, you know, essentially they became Microsoft branded. Although now they're back with the Nokia 8 and they have a whole bunch of new phones that are back for that. I mean, as a separate brand, as part of uh, TCL. Um, not TCL, sorry, what am I saying? As part of this new company out of Finland that is, you know, partnered with a, with a Chinese manufacturer. Right. Um, I was thinking of BlackBerry for a second there. Uh, and, of course, uh, Palm. There's rumors of a TCL Palm thing going on there. But, but look, the, the reality for me is that if we lose this, you know, I mean, you're going to say the average person won't care, and I totally agree. But I think, you know, deep inside, it'll, it'll feel like a void to me. Because frankly, look, this is the problem. And this is why I'm a little, this is my big caveat about this HTC Google thing. It's that ultimately, every, some, every Nexus device I've ever had, other than the Nexus 6P, which was made by Huawei. And as we know, Huawei is a freaking powerhouse. Mm-hmm. They are probably one of the top three with Apple and Samsung in terms of tech right out there right now at making phones. Like they're, they're, they have ways to go in their marketing and, of course, their market uh, penetration in the U.S. and their software is still a little wonky. But the hardware that they create and their Kirin processors and everything is freaking out of this world in terms of, of performance. Uh, I'm not just talking chips. I'm talking about their camera subsystems with Leica. I'm talking about all kinds of things. I mean, Huawei is awesome. So my my thing is, all the phones that the Nexuses I've liked other than the 6P and, of course, the Pixel made by HTC, the Pixel XL, have been the, the LG ones, the Nexus 4, the Nexus 5. Uh, you know, I wasn't a big fan of the Nexus 6. And then I tried the 5X, uh, and it was okay. Yeah. Uh, it just felt like they, they, they went a little cheap uh, in terms of specs for they did. the sake of being cheap. But, but my point is, to me, this is the thing. We're going to get a Pixel 2 XL from LG, essentially, and and it's going to be better than anything HTC could have made this year. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and so it's like, so this is a bit weird, this Google HTC thing, because honestly, if you look at the Pixel XL and you take away the great camera, the current Pixel XL, you take away the great camera and the, the upgradability and the Android O and all that, what are you left with? You're left with an, a kind of an ugly, boring phone, to be honest with you. Right, that one that could have released in 2016, uh, you know, if... You know, besides the internal specs, but the design wise, uh, and this may be a play for, you know, next year, uh, they may be shoring up, uh, that team for next year's design. So this could be I, a longer gonna play. They're going to have to throw some serious resources into it for HTC to, you know, to really be able to take on our level of expectations when we have Samsung and Huawei and Apple out there doing what they're doing. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. Like, you can't just rely on a good camera and a good software experience. The hardware has to hit the spot. It needs to be water-resistant. It needs to, you know, have mm-hmm. a full-on edgeless display. I mean, it needs to be up there, especially if they want to establish the brand Pixel as like a technologically leading brand and charge for it. Because as you know, the Pixels weren't cheap phones last year. Right. And the other thing is that camera is really going to be a mystery for me. The, you know, from the leaks, it looks like it's changed. So we'll see what quality, uh, quality wise 
if it doesn't have a dual lens camera, uh, what it's going to look like. My only request, honestly, is keep everything you're doing and continue developing that software photography awesomeness you're doing, Google, but give us OIS. And, yes. uh, and you're going to say, why? Well, I'm glad you're on board because a lot of people are saying, but Miriam, have you not seen the pictures? We don't need OIS. I'm like, ha, 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 ha. I have proof on my camera roll, on my Pixel XL that I need OIS. Right. It's- I have a few photos I've taken where the iPhone, the 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 galaxies of the LG phones nailed the shot and my Pixel couldn't get a clear shot because it couldn't stabilize optically. Right. And if you go in low light, it's it's even worse because it has a harder time Absolutely. focusing. Yeah. I, I've totally. experienced that as well. And, and that's that may be the nitty gritty and we may be getting very into it. But the the average person does go into a bar or restaurant and it is, has low light and they're going to have the same problem. So they may not exactly. be examining it as closely. But if they get into that random situation, they're they're not going to have um, as good of a photo. And you, I constantly look at people's photos all the time on Facebook and I say, ah, if only they didn't have, you know, a, a camera that's two or three years old, they would have had a really nice shot. Um, and yet, you know, they walk away with memories that are kind of tarnished and blurry. Yeah, true. And then the other thing, you know, is, is obviously, uh, there's t- rumors of a pixel book, which would be a laptop, uh, to replace the original two pixel laptops that were really high end, uh, Chromebooks, which again, nobody bought, but because I got review units to play with, I have to tell you were the best Chromebooks I ever used and probably will continue to be the best Chromebooks, uh, we ever use, uh, but that nobody will buy because who's going to buy a Chromebook for over a thousand dollars, right? It's expensive. Uh, but at the same time, if it's an awesome experience, uh, why not? I mean, again, define your brand as a premium brand is not a bad move. And, and so far, the Pixel brand has been about premium. Even the previous Pixel devices like the Pixel C tablet uh, were pretty damn premium and sold as such. So um, I'm excited. I'm also excited about this Google Home Mini Player, whatever it's going to be called. Basically, the equivalent to an Echo Dot. I love the Echo Dot. I have a couple of them. Uh, and I find that at that price, I don't care. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like a big investment. I just use it. I mostly use it for home automation to turn on and off lights and stuff. Of all but, the things, um, of all the things, I am actually excited by that because I feel like it could be the Chromecast of these uh, these speakers, these smart speakers, because it's it's a fifty dollars purchase. Everybody's going to buy a smart speaker that costs fifty dollars during Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and I, I think people are just going to snatch those up. Uh, they may not be available on Amazon, like you know uh, you would think they would be, but if you go to the Best Buy and they have them available, that's it's going to be an easy easy purchase that people throw in their carts because ooh, I heard a smart speaker is really cool. I heard it could do this, that, and the other, and it's a Google brand and it's fifty dollars, so it's going to be an easy easy purchase. It's Chromecast all over again, for sure. But it still doesn't have the marketing clout to the average common person and the brand recognition of Echo. No, it doesn't. Um, and I I don't even know if Echo has that. Uh, you know that that kind of they, they've heard of it. They they heard of Alexa, um, but you know if they get the next best thing, I, I'm sure they'll they'll be carrying it out of the stores, especially if it's available in stores. Whereas um, you know Amazon Alexa is available in stores, but the, their primary driver is on Amazon. So we'll see how how well um, Amazon can continue to market Alexa and and all their Echo speakers. So I, I'm really hoping that in the coming days they'll announce another Echo uh, just to kind of replace the the flagship that they've had right are you going to be at coming to this google event 
Uh, that is a good question. I'm, I'm probably going to send, uh, we're looking to send uh, Cameron Faulkner, who is, I, I'm the senior mobile editor. He's the mobile editor. I work with him in New York. I just moved from LA to New York City. So I get to work with him every day. So he has been carrying a Pixel in his pocket as, as his daily driver uh, every day. Right. So um, I am sending him on his first uh, mission alone. And I'm, <laughs> I'm really excited for him. I, I, I've wanted him to go for, you know, the past six months to even before I moved out to, to New York, I, I was like, this is his thing. This is, he's worked really hard on it. So I'm, I'm really just really happy that he can, he can go out there and kind of spearhead this one. So we, we have an event plan based on all the rumors of what, what we expect. And, uh, you know, we will, we will be tackling it on tech radar. Um, so I, I'll be standing, I'll be staying at home. Uh, you know, that, that next big event that I'll be at is, uh, I think ZTE has, uh, an Axon event that's happening in New York city. Oh. So I, I had will... no idea. They never invite me to anything. I don't yeah. know what their problem is. Well, the invite is um, public. So, um, that well, is... I will. Oh, I see. I will. I will ping them. I mean, I'm not going to go to New York city just for that, but you're already there. So, I am. Yeah, I am go. there nowadays. So I, I will be in the vicinity. So I'll be prepping for that. That'll be my, my next big event. But, uh, that ends. Then the iPhone 10 uh, pre-orders that, that happen. On yeah, the I'm definitely October. I'm definitely gonna buy one uh, and pre-order one. You should. And um, the biggest tip I have. Yeah, I'm, I am because I really do feel it's the, the most important iPhone in like five years. So yeah. Um, the biggest, but, but here's the thing. What's that? Oh, the biggest tip I have for people is, uh, you know, if you're trying to pre-order, download the iPod I, iPad app or and the iOS app iOS app uh, on, on your iPhone uh, for the Apple Store because. You know, you the the site will come back slower than the apps do. So every year we kind of notice that. True, true. And you know, if you you That's have to be a good you to, tip, you have to be up there on minute one to to really get that, or else you're going to be in November or you know later November, December, even you know next year until uh, the delivery date is available. So uh, definitely download those apps ahead of time at three a.m. or or midnight, depending on your time zone. You heard it here from the guru himself, kids. <laughs> Get yourself an iOS device, even yep. an old one. Put that up on there and get going. Get cracking. Uh, like Harry McCracken, but without the Harry part, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. So anyway, um, as as uh, going back to what we were just talking about with the pixels, I'm excited. Then the next thing is the May 10, or rumors anyway. Uh, it's, we're pretty clear, pretty sure it's going to be the May 10. Uh, it's going to be announced at an event uh, sometime mid-October, um, and I was invited, but it's far away. So mm. I'm getting briefed here in San Francisco, so, you know, stay tuned for that. And then, you know, until then, there is the Moto X4 Android One with Fi device that is going to be uh, come available. Uh, I'm not sure if this is going to be kind of showcased by Google alongside the Pixels, uh, at the pixel event or what, but you know, it's official, it's out. It's, I mean, no, it's not out. You can't get it, but it's been announced is what I mean. Um, and I'm actually really excited to get my hands on, on one because I haven't actually played with an Android one device. And more importantly, uh, Fi is pretty awesome. And until now you had to have a Nexus or pixel for Fi. So yeah. What do you think of that phone? And and it looks like a flagship because it's an X series, even though spec wise, it's maybe not quite a flagship, but it's, not as quite as big as the Z series since because it's, you know, it's, it doesn't have the removable uh, modular back stuff, but it has a dual camera and a bunch of other cool things. So I think it's going to be interesting. I, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, Phi is probably 
one of the more interesting things about it just because I'm really interested in seeing what Google does as basically their own cell phone network. Uh, I, know, I know they run off the backs of T-Mobile and Sprint uh, and, and other carriers around the world, but uh, the, the amount they charge and the, the rollover data um, is just fascinating how it's, it's exactly what consumers want. Uh, and the plans are so confusing on AT&T and Verizon, T-Mobile and Sprint. Uh, that it, it just they get locked. People get locked into contracts. They don't know what's happening. This is just so simple. Uh, I, I'm not sure you can say that about T-Mobile. There's only one plan. It's T-Mobile One. And, yeah, and then, and then you don't. You're not locked into anything. So I, I don't. I don't see the problem. It, it, it's not as confusing there. Um, they still make you pay thirty dollars a month plus two hundred seventy dollars down or, or something of, of the sorts for phones. So it's getting a little more complex than it needs to be. Uh, but Buying your phone outright is definitely just an easier. I think people are starting to get that that these phones don't cost, uh, you know, one ninety nine like they used to. Um, that that confused the hell out of people. Uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, we've been only telling them for years now that they've been getting their phones subsidized and they should buy their terminals at front, right, at full cost. But hey, you know, they're not listening to us or anything. No, no, that six hundred fifty dollar phone just it, it it always shocks people when they break their phone and they go in to buy another phone and they think, okay, I'm buying another two hundred dollar phone and it's six hundred fifty dollars and they're like, what? That's that's crazy. I I have to wait this entire period. I have a broken phone. And it, that's when it hit them that these phones cost a lot more money than they ever put down initially. Uh, but but no one realized it for, for years. Uh, I think they're starting to get that. Um, and, and that's I a think nice so. thing. And it's, it's all T-Mobile's, it, uh, you know, it, it's their fault in, in a very good way. Um, it's it's their doing that they, they kind of spurred AT&T and, and the other companies to, to kind of do, uh, to kind of follow in their lead. They, they don't quite do it yet. Um, yeah, yeah. But they like my rollover rollover data on AT and T rolls over for one month, but then it evaporates. With T Mobile, it, it, it continuously rolls right. over. So I mean, look, I, I we have to give T Mobile major props for educating the consumers and giving them options that you know might not be optimal for them necessarily because coverage is still spotty in some places. But at least you know they have the best data speeds in the country. They have you know the best plans, in my opinion, short of like going with something like Fi, which requires very specific devices. Yes, uh, and that's the biggest caveat. They have great roaming plans uh, that are free, and you can add on to that. They have uh, for international travel, which I do a lot. Um, they have you know uh, a great CEO. You know he's a lot of fun, and uh, they've really democratized the concept of decoupling the device from the. The cost of your plan and not making you pay more for a device you don't have when you bring your own uh all this good stuff and educating the i think really educating people and now you're getting free netflix i don't want to sound like a fangirl but as a customer for you know 17 years since it was called voice stream i can't i can't say i'm unhappy otherwise i would have switched by now you know yeah i think it depends on on your uh, area and what the signal strength is because I, I, I've known people who switched over and switched back but at the same time if you walk into a T-Mobile store especially in any city they're always buzzing um, and the, the Sprint store that AT&T store not, not so much these days not uh, so much yeah but like you know there, there's people who couldn't afford a phone before who are now able to afford a phone sometimes they have to put money down if they don't have good credit but those people just just couldn't buy a phone they couldn't afford that that contract before and and now they can and that's just a really positive thing for a lot of people 
You know, it's funny. I had a, a little anecdote I need to share with you guys is I had a friend of mine uh, text me last night, actually saying, hey, you know, my kid is now, I don't know, seven, eight years old. And I'm thinking, or maybe a little older, maybe almost a teenager. And I'm thinking of getting him his first phone. And what do you recommend? And, you know, I immediately said Moto E4, mm-hmm. right? Because you can buy it for $99 on Amazon right now, unlocked. So, you know, it's ad subsidized, but whatever. It's an amazing phone for $99. I mean, it's great. So, I mean, even I could live with it. That's how good mm-hmm. it is. Um, and and uh, he, he said, well, no, no, no. I need a dumb phone. I need like a feature phone, a, a flip phone. I don't want to give him, you know, apps and internet access. Hmm. And I'm on AT&T. And I, what do you recommend? And I'm like, uh, what is this, 2007? Yeah. Like I said, I said, no, dude, like seriously, like look at the prices. I, so I went to AT&T with him. Like, I mean, we, we talked to each other on texting and I went mm-hmm. to the website mm-hmm. and I looked and there's an LG non-LT flip phone for $49.99. And there is a generic, who knows who makes it, AT&T branded phone, the Flip 2 for $59.99. And those are upfront costs on those. And that one's got LTE, but it's a dumb phone. And both of them have abysmal specs, you know, uh, barely have Bluetooth, basically. Crappy cameras for sure. And I'm like, dude, you know, you can go to Amazon right now and for $39 unlocked, you can buy a really crappy blue Android phone. Yeah. Now, it's really crappy. I would not recommend it. But, you know... LG sold a $10 smartphone through uh, Walmart mm-hmm. as a prepaid. It was super bare bones Android, but it had GPS, it had Wi-Fi, you know. Um, and and um, can't rem- I think it was called the LG Sunrise. Look it up. And then and then you know I did okay. I said, look, let's do diligence here. We're not going to recommend a $39 blue uh, phone. You know, it's going to be crap. But I said like $99. So just $40 more than this crappy flip to, you know, phone will give you a full on Android experience and you can limit with parental controls what they do on that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why don't you get that instead? Yeah. And their mind was blown. They were like, I had no idea it had gotten to this. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, and I'm like, when I'm recommending the E4, I'm not telling you like, it's good enough for the money. I'm saying like, this is a smartphone I could live with if it was the end of the world and it was the mm. only phone that was still working okay it reminds like me of it reminds good it reminds me of people trying to uh search for like you know with, with prisons like oh you should give them a black and white tv and it's like hey, that's gonna be more money that's that's expensive like uh, like this is the same concept it's like you're trying to you know get a cheap thing you're trying to you know limit that experience and yet you're you're living in days gone by where you know those, those things are not available anymore um not not the way you think they are um so it just was an interesting you know kind of an anecdote for me mm-hmm. anyway the next thing the next thing uh i was gonna say uh that since we're talking android one xiaomi came out with an android one phone called the a1 which will be sold i believe in india uh with you know google play services and no skinning and you know xiaomi makes some pretty awesome hardware so i've actually tried i'm trying to get my hands on a review unit because i you know i think this whole android one renaissance if you want to call it that or second push because it you know got pushed once before and it wasn't so successful um is interesting to me and i want to see uh these i want to play with these phones and see what they feel like you know 
Yeah, uh, it's definitely going to be. That's like the huge market for them is is India and uh, you know just emerging markets is where they're going to do well. Uh, they may do well elsewhere in like the developed world with people who want cheaper phones, but I mean, it, it's the primary driver is India, and, and every company is going after that, uh, even Apple. So they they all want to kind of appeal to that market, and we'll see who uh, comes out with the bigger market share in like five to ten years. That that'll be really interesting. For sure. Uh, another couple of things I wanted to talk about and get your feedback and thoughts on. We've talked about a lot of stuff. It's been cool. Um, the V30 um, LG flagship, I just want to add some, uh, you know, this has been an ongoing discussion. We've talked about it. This is the third week we're discussing. It's the third week I have one in my hands. And I want to tell you guys that I finally got around to taking some photos in manual mode, full-on manual mode. Uh, using the digital zoom of all things, uh, believe it or not, I was at a performance and I was in the very back of the theater, uh, like real theater, like, you know, performance theater, not like a movie theater. I wouldn't record video or photos in a movie theater. Um, and wow, all I have to say is that a lot of the issues I mentioned last week where I had some issues with low light autofocus were really caused by simply one thing, and that's, you know, unfinished software, unfinished hardware. I'm using pre-release everything here. And and uh, if you manually focus and you do your manual settings, this phone just blew my freaking mind. I think we have a best camera phone winner in the act- in the absolute now again. Uh, that surpasses the Pixel and surpasses the U11 with a V30. I am absolutely convinced of that. Uh, blew my mind. Uh, and despite one micron pixels, I mean, wow, LG, amazing. That f one6 lens and the glass with that's full glass is is one fast and clear lens. It's it's incredible the amount of detail it captures. Yeah, it's definitely. Um, I mean, LG has focused on their on their camera for several years, and they're finally, you know hitting all the right marks. Uh, I find it really interesting that they're doing something different than everybody else with the, uh, you know, they're doing the opposite of the telephoto lens. They're doing the wide angle right. lens. Uh, and it's it's just, there, there's three types of uh, camera phones out there that are having the dual lens camera. It's, uh, are they doing black and white plus uh, color, the vivid color and combining them? Are they doing the telephoto lens like Apple and Samsung are doing? And, or, or is it like and LG? OnePlus. And OnePlus. So, and Motorola yeah. um, is doing a, a dual lens camera. Like, they're, they're doing, Motorola's doing a bit of both. So the Z Force 2, Z2 Force, right. sorry, is is black and white color like the Huawei's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the, the X4 is is telephoto regular, like the uh, or wide angle regular, like the LG's. I can't mm-hmm. remember which one. And but you're right, the uh, the big players, Apple and Samsung, are doing telephoto regular. Mm-hmm. And of course OnePlus kind of globbed onto that with a OnePlus five. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting strategy. To me, LG seems to be the only one doing the wide mm-hmm. angle, unless I'm right or no, I, can't, I think I can't you're right. The Moto X is the X4 wide angle? Uh, and normal? I, I can't remember, but the LG is still the only one that's out one that I've I've tested that. You know, that is out right yeah, now, yeah. Right. Let's see what the Moto X4 brings. But but ultimately, to me, the wide angle has been way more useful. Like a regular lens and a wide angle instead of regular plus zoom has been more useful to me. And and again, I'm, the reason I brought up this V30 and how blown away I was, because now they went back up to a 16 megapixel sensor, which means that, you know, Digital zoom is actually feasible. I was using eight times zoom in these photos. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to my Google Plus. You can see them on my Facebook, on my Twitter. I posted them two or three days ago. Um, they're mind blowing for their quality, uh, for, for the fact that I was zooming eight times. Um, and this is, you know, 
tells me that you you know if you just do zooming two or three times, which is what the telephoto on the iPhone and the Samsung Note Eight give you, really you you for the LG you don't really need you know you don't really need it like you don't need to have that separate camera. But the wide angle is an experience you can't get anywhere else. Like being really close to a car and wanting to take a shot of the entire car and there's a wall behind you. You, you you have no other options than to use an LG phone to do that right now. Yeah, I, I have a great shot of that, um, that exact picture of me in front of two other cars with uh, two people behind me. They were kind of, uh, we were kind of taking a road trip and there's there, the, the girl in the back was jumping and then like it was the perfect LG, it was LG V10. So that first selfie camera, they had a dual lens camera actually in the front. Oh yeah, it was cool. I really missed that. I, I kind of wish they would go back to that and... uh you know, have a an outstanding camera on the front in, in terms of, you know, it being wide angle because I mean, people, a lot of people take selfies. So it just makes so a lot of sense. So here's a little thing you might not know, Matt, because it took me a while to realize mm-hmm. this. It wasn't until I actually wrote a review of the V20 that I found this out. And the G6 has the same feature and the V30 has the same feature. Right. These front ang- these front lenses, the selfie lenses on these phones are all wide angle. Are they, by default, are they as they wide? restrict the angle in software, hmm. and there's a wide angle mode you can enable. Okay, is it as wide so as you... the V10? Yep. Okay. Yeah, that, that's odd then. Um, just because I thought that it was a defining feature of the V10, and I just I couldn't capture the the same uh, you know wide angle. You have to enable it. That's so odd. Try it. Yeah. It's very cool. Cool. Uh, they made it really easy on the V30 because the V30, if you go in the selfie cam, you have the two buttons on the top, mm-hmm. the wide angle and narrow angle, just like on the back camera, and it switches between them. Hmm. But on the V20 and the G6, it was a little more buried, buried. I think the G6 now with the software updates has that feature as well. I really do like the uh, the wide angle camera on LG's uh, phones, but... Um, I, I do find the telephoto lens on Samsung and iPhone helpful, but I don't They're think nice. it, I don't think it goes far enough. I think if it was a three time zoom, like what was at one time rumored for the Note Eight, uh, it would be a lot better. I went out to look at the Statue of Liberty from Governor's Island, and it got an okay picture. But I have to had to use digital zoom to get the uh, the photo the extra that mile, I wanted. Right, basically. Yeah, yeah, and it, it was like oh, if it was this, if it was a three time zoom. Instead of a two, I could have, you know, gotten that photo I wanted, but it just, it, it didn't look like a big difference between the standard photo and the two times zoom. So I was looking for something that, you know, was a little tighter, that went a little further with optical zoom. Um, that may be the next step. That may be next year's phone. So for all we know, and it may be the iPhone 10.1 or whatever they want to call it. Uh, and, and the Samsung Galaxy yeah, Note yeah, 9. Yeah. So I think that, that's going to be an interesting thing. Um, the ideal phone would have a bunch of cameras on back. Uh, that would be interesting. To, telephoto, wide angle, standard, uh, black and white. Well, Qualcomm has announced that their next generation ISP, which will be available on whatever the next Trapdragon beyond the 835 is, mm-hmm. will support up to three rear cameras simultaneously. Hint, hint, hint. Right. That's... I mean, that's going to be groundbreaking. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, specifically, a monochrome and a color and a telephoto, which I think is a really good combo. Yeah. I'd like to see, uh, what I'd like to see is what what uh, Huawei is doing, uh, a, a, a super high resolution mono with a slightly low resolution, uh, you know, uh, color and then a wide angle Hmm. That's what I my ideal setup would be. Again, I'm not sold on the telephoto because if you've done ten times, uh, sorry, two times um, 
you know, what they call true zoom, but whatever, I don't know what it's called exactly, but I'm mm-hmm. making it up. Maybe it's called something else, but it's kind of got one of those words in it, like true or perfect, pure zoom or whatever. And, and on the Huawei P10, P10 plus, because you have a 20 megapixel monochrome with a 16 megapixel, I think it's 16 or 13 uh, color. You can actually, they can use the, the Luma, the Luma information, uh, the, the pixels to get you that zoom. Right. Uh, and because the chroma doesn't have to be quite as accurate in, in order to get the detail you need. So they're basically zooming both sensors twice and they're getting less color information, but they're still getting lots of detail. And it looks fantastic doing a quote-unquote dual zoom, a two-time zoom on the on the P10, but that's just a pure software feature at this point. Again, it's, it's, it's software photography at its best. So I'd rather have that than an actual real optical zoom lens, right? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then and then have the wide angle. So that's why I'm voting for large monochrome sensor, smaller color sensor, uh, and then uh, a uh, a wide angle. That's that's LG next year. Boom. Uh, I I want <laughs> I want one more camera on there. So so my my ideal phone would have you probably want four. I, I would probably have six, like their arachnid phone or whatever <laughs> you want to call it. Um, it would have a slow motion camera on there because I find slow motion to be, uh, you know really great but i never i'm always taking a photo so i i miss that moment uh and you know this has to have some super bionic processor on there to to handle all these cameras at once but it'd be great to take all these uh photos and all the video that you want at once and i i can't really the one thing i can't understand with phones is why can't they flip uh allow me to flip while recording from the rear camera to the front facing camera to the rear camera again uh, kind of like you're narrating something, you're showing people something. Oh, you that would be pretty cool. You can do it on Facebook Live, so there's there's really no reason that you, they can't, you know, there may be a blip in the software, but you can kind of edit that out. You know, post. I've never tried that. I'm wondering if that's, some phones might support that. I, you know, We need to try it out. I, I really want that to happen. I haven't seen it in anything I've tested. I've I tried it out and um it because I, I was in hong kong as as we sometimes go to hong kong uh actually we, we yeah know, uh, so do i and, just randomly yeah we uh we <laughs> yeah we met up in hong kong once uh just just quite randomly i know it's like we ran into each other just sightseeing it was awesome yeah and i was <laughs> like hey matt how's it going i was on uh, a lift to the big buddha statue this uh you know and they have the the clear uh bottom in, in this uh I, I forget what you call it but like the the it's like ski lift type of thing uh, and I am, you know, just hundreds of feet above the ground. And I want to kind of narrate this video, but I had to take chunks of video on the Samsung phone that I had. The uh, I think it was the S7 right. at the time. And uh, I was like, why, why am I doing this? I have to stitch this all together later. Uh, it's kind of annoying. Facebook wouldn't work because the, the data wasn't fast enough that I had or it would eat up my data. So it was just a stuck situation. And I was like, but Facebook Live can do this, but a Samsung you know, local hardware cannot. Uh, I found that really interesting and no one's done it so far. The other thing they need to improve with cameras is unlocking the phone while, um, like you can, you know, take a photo uh, and then if you hold, have your fingerprint uh, on the fingerprint sensor, you still can't go back and flip through older photos that way. Yeah, works. that's basically annoying. That, it, it is. Why hasn't, Apple, I would have thought Apple would have fixed this by now. It is. You're locked from the previous photos, but you're like, I, I, I'm here, I, I, I have to now close the phone, open it up, and and unlock it uh, just to access older photos, you know, because I took Dumb. two more photos. Oh, it's yeah. one of those small annoyances that they should be able to do by now. You know what I also want to see that I think Apple 
would be uh, or somebody like that's really into user experience could bring to the table quicker than everybody else is um, have it constantly be recording video, maybe in a buffer for two seconds. Yeah. The moment it detects that you're moving the phone in such a position that you would want to record video Mm -hmm. through the sensors, it would start recording before you even double unlock, you know, the power button to to get to the camera app. Mm -hmm. And if you hit record at that point, it has like a five second buffer it already saved of video. I could see that happening um, just because... You know what I'm saying? That way you don't miss the moment ever. You know, um, I think that we have enough memory now and processors are fast enough and motion detection and position detection uh in in space of where the phone is pointed is is good enough now uh they could also use some sort of imaging ai to realize that the camera is pointed at something that seems to make sense to record um and then start pre-rolling um it'd be interesting feature to have but anyway um i want to touch uh poke your brain we talked about the v30 a little bit you gave us a very very brief summary of you of what you thought uh what about the note 8 uh, you've played with it what do you what are your thoughts on that it's a really big phone and it's to me hard, hard to justify the the cost considering the galaxy s7 8 plus exists right i i actually reviewed that phone in in, in my review uh that is on tech radar right now you will see that i kind of tackle that issue right there um if you're going to spend 825 dollars on a phone you might as well spend 930 dollars it's it's 105 dollars right. difference it's not a big difference it, it's not a big difference if you're already spending that amount of money and also you know the secret thing is when you go to sell that phone it's going to be worth more money than the s8 plus in whatever time frame that you have it, whether it's one or two years when you upgrade your phone. So little things like that do make a difference. And if you hold on to your phone over two years, $105 is really, you know, what's holding you back when you're spending that much. Shouldn't be that big of an issue because you're getting features like the dual lens camera. You're getting the uh, the S Pen and you're getting a couple other features that are just, you're getting the slightly bigger screen. That That's not the big deal. It's, it's the S Pen and the dual lens camera. The camera's better. So you might as well, if you're really deciding between the two, don't get the the S8 Plus as as much as I like that six months ago. This is right. the, oh the the uh, extra gig of RAM. Um, so yeah. stuff like that. If you're using DeX, if you plan to use it's two gigs, right? It's six versus four. But yes, look, yes. the the thing is, the thing is, you're right. But I also do think that people are right now seeing this primarily because the Galaxy S8 Plus has dropped in price. You can get it at a reduced price already. Yes. Whereas I think that's also going to follow three with the note. Give the note two months mm-hmm. and three months, and for the holidays, it'll be uh, less than nine thirty, guaranteed. Yeah. The other uh, end of my job, in addition, when I moved to New York, in addition to being the senior mobile editor, I am now also the buying guides editor. So I tell people. I give them advice on what to buy and also how to use gadgets. Like we have an iOS 11 problems uh, page now and, you know, people contact me. So I'm, I'm giving very brave Yes, because that is quite an assignment, my friend. You would not realize how many people have different problems with iOS 11. Uh, And and it's not just Apple testing it. It's that this person has this one feature enabled that no one else has enabled. So therefore it doesn't work for them. Um, It's, it's very interesting, but the whole scheme is, is buying advice. And uh, I, I have to, um, you know, tell them if there's, you know, a certain price that's better for a phone. Um, And yes, the story we keep running, because it happens every couple of uh, weeks that the S8 and the S8 Plus are 25% off on Amazon. Uh, And that is amazing. It's usually the unlocked version 
uh, that's uh, like an international version that you can get. Um, so it's a really good deal. So yes, if you can find a deal for the S8 Plus, then it's worth it because then there's a price difference. But that's going to happen with the Note 8 anyway in six months. So uh, Samsung yeah. has good buy one, get one free deals. Uh, T-Mobile has that same thing. Um, so, you know, there's always a scheme that, that you can work, especially the further out you get um, if, if that phone's going to get closer and closer to getting getting replaced. Uh, if it's like six months, four months, you know, you're going to get better and better deals. Cool. Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, it's, you're totally, you totally nailed it. Um, so let's see. I think we've talked about everything pretty much briefly, and it's almost time to wrap up. I'm mm-hmm. trying to think if there's anything else. Was there something you wanted to mention? Oh, yeah, there's a couple of housekeeping things I want to talk about. But anything you want to talk about, any product, anything that's kind of been like, you should check that out. Hmm. Uh, I really do like my AirPods as uh, great as they are or as not great as they are uh, as uh, uh, podcasting uh, tools. Um, That's the one thing I bought last year that I really liked. Um, And I would definitely, if you're looking for a purchase, uh, go with that. Uh, And just one last piece of advice for people out there. Um, If you're buying a phone this season, because it's phone buying season, don't buy the phone that you think you want right now. People are saying, I don't want the iPhone 10. I don't need the iPhone 10. But buy the phone that you want 23 months from now. In the last Correct. last month of your contract, um, you're, you're, it's, I, I, I hate when people come to me and saying, they say, my battery life is terrible. Um, it, iOS, that latest update doesn't work. Or my phone is so old. Um, it's because they bought the iPhone 7 because it was just $100 cheaper, but they hold on to it for three years. Well, you're buying last year's technology, so that phone is technically four years old by the time you're giving it up. Um, and don't do that to yourself. Just buy the best phone that you can and the phone that you want, you know, 23 months from now or plus. You know, that, that you might hold on to it even longer. So just get the best phone you can because, you know, uh, an iPhone 10, the price difference between the 8 and the 10 is two dollars and 88 cents a week it's less than a cup of coffee i know it's ridiculous it's yeah. like that's the price of half a cappuccino <laughs> in san francisco guys it's true and i spend that almost every day mm-hmm. uh a cap well not a cap but i'm a big fan of americanos and lattes but anyway yes. um, good advice matt Thank thanks you. Uh, thanks absolutely you're right and and um i wanted to add a couple of come um, not housekeeping but things i want to put on people's radar obviously you know pixel event coming up uh mate 10 launch coming up and then what's also super exciting is uh microsoft sent me finally sent me a surface laptop to play with so expect my thoughts and 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 feelings on this device shortly um and then another thing i wanted to point out matt you might have seen this you guys all know lewis uh unbox therapy Mm -hmm. great youtuber you should check him out he's probably the number one tech youtuber in the world these days um he you know, I don't watch all his videos, but every now and then YouTube says, hey, check this out. And I kind of, you know, I'm a sucker for a good YouTube show. And uh, Lewis is a pro at that stuff. So he reviewed this uh, 60 watt USB-C charger from this company called Energy, like inner, you know, inside your ear, inner ear, but energy. Uh, and it's uh, probably a Chinese company or whatever. Uh, the cool thing is that if you're a MacBook user like me, 12-inch MacBook, you know what the size of USB-C power brick is. This thing is half the size of that, has the same wattage. 
And it works great with a MacBook. It works great with any USB-C phone I've thrown at it. You need a USB to USB-C cable to do to use it, obviously. But it's one of the smaller high wattage or smallest high wattage USB-C uh, uh, adapters you can buy. And as such, for travelers like us, it's awesome. So I highly recommend it. I'm not sure what the price is. I'm going to do an unboxing video for you guys because at TechCrunch Disrupt last week, I ran into the company they were exhibiting and they gave me a review unit to play with. So uh, pretty awesome. I'll do uh, an unboxing for you guys. I believe I actually did the unboxing already. I just have to publish it. Uh, and, um, you know, yeah, the, the reason I'm bringing it up for you, Matt, specifically is that if you have an iPhone 8 or 8 Plus and eventually an iPhone 10, you can charge it much faster if you buy Apple's USB-C to Lightning cable mm-hmm. and plug it into uh, a high-power USB-C wall adapter. But you don't have to buy Apple's bulky, expensive 39 or 29-watt adapter. You can buy the 60-watt one for a lot less and use that with your laptop as well if you have a USB Type-C laptop. Woohoo! Interesting. That's it. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, energy. And it basically looks like, you know, the 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 uh, iPhone charger that comes in the iPhone box, but twice as long. Hmm. Like, you know, if, if if you plug it into the wall, imagine it being twice as long, sticking out twice as much. That's the size of the thing. And it's got the, the front plugs, they fold back in so they don't stick out if you want. And that thing is 60 watts. That's great for travel. So that's my uh, my tip of the day, I guess for uh, for you uh, for you folks out there, uh, Matt. Thanks for being on. Do you want to plug yourself? Tell people where they can read your stuff, where they can find you. There's obviously Cheddar and you know Tech Radar, mm-hmm. but but tell tell everybody everything. Twitter, the whole thing. Yeah, in addition to Tech Radar, you can find me uh, on all the social media channels, and it's at Matt Swider. So M-A-T-T and then S-W-I-D-E-R, like spider, but with a W instead of a P. Uh, so Matt Swider and, you know, that's that's going to be Twitter. That's going to be Snapchat. That's going to be Instagram. So hit me all up on, on those. And I I will take your iOS 11 questions. I will even do that. So that'd be great. And we can obviously read your stories on Tech Radar. Yes. And tell us a little bit about these cheddar videos you're doing with the New York Stock Exchange. So I'm trying to get the Tech Radar name out there as much as possible. Uh, now that I'm in New York City, I'm trying to tackle that that media capital um, that, that New York City has become. Uh, so um, Sirius XM uh, and, and Cheddar, they have a, a, a daily Facebook Live show uh, on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange, which is really exciting. Uh, and you know, we're, we're trying to, uh, you know, just talk about the topics just like I'm doing here and get the tech radar name and the brand out there. Uh, because I, I feel like we have a small team, but we're really doing, uh, we're running on all cylinders and that's going to be great. Uh, black Friday and cyber money are going to be a big thing that I'm focusing on as well. Trying to tell people, you know, where to go and where to find those deals that, that for the past two years on tech radar, it's been kind of, uh, my, my, uh, kind of something I picked up as, uh, something I have helped out on, but now I have this expanded role of buying guides. So that's going to be a huge thing. So, uh, I will definitely guide people at, at the end of November on, on where to find those deals. Ta-da, you heard it here first. Well, not really first, but hey, uh, if you want to see more of Matt in person, it's video, right? I see you posting stuff that looks like it's video. Yeah. So, uh, you'll see all, on Twitter all the time. 
yeah, so get get to see more Matt in real. Uh, and for me, you know where to find me. I'm Tankgirl on Twitter, T-N-K-G-R-L. That's my Twitter handle. And of course, you'll find me on my YouTube channel, Miriam Joire. That's uh, my full first name and last name. Add that to YouTube.com. Uh, lots of unboxing videos and whatever I feel like at the time in there. And uh, finally, MobileTechPodcast.com, where this podcast lives weekly. Uh, subscribe, tell your friends. We're on iTunes, we're on Pocket Cast, we're everywhere. And it's uh, produced and hosted by World Podcast. Thanks, guys. Uh, and tune in for next week. I'll have uh, another awesome guest and we'll talk about more mobile tech, probably a Surface laptop review, maybe from me. So there you go. Thanks again, Matt. Thank you. And uh, yeah, talk to you guys next week. Cheers. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.